Good evening. If you're visiting with us, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're glad that you're here. You're an honored guest. Um, if you weren't here last week, um, Tim introduced our theme for 2023, um, which is Let Us Arise and Build. And as a part of that introduction um, to that theme, he challenged us with three, uh, in three specific ways. The first is building our faith. The second is building our relationships. And the third is building God's church. And as I reflected over that theme for, for the last week, um, I decided that there's one area that I personally need to grow in and focus on this year because sometimes I find myself slacking in that area, and that's building relationships with new people. Um, I came to worship early a uh, couple weeks back, and I found someone sitting alone in the pews well before worship started. And I went up to them, and, and, I, and that person said to me, as I, they said, do you ever just not want to be around people? And I thought to myself, that's pretty funny. And we laughed together, and I said, you too? And I'm sure I'm not the only one that has felt that way in the past, um, but ministry's hard. Education's hard, parenting's hard, sacrificing as a, as a father, as a parent, as a, as a spouse, as a brother, as a friend, etc. All of those things can be hard. And when, a lot of times when these hardships come along together, um, it's overwhelming. And as a result, it can make peopling pretty difficult. Um, it can make it challenging to want to connect with other people, even those with and with, with outside of the church. And I wish I could be a Larry Baker. I wish I could be an Aaron Jones. I wish I could be an Elena Alvarez who just seemed to want to be around people and smile and always make people feel welcome, make people feel present in terms of where they are and just have a smile on their faces. But unfortunately, sometimes I'd rather find myself just sitting alone. I'd rather find myself in my office by myself. I'd rather be a recluse. Sometimes I don't want to talk to people and I imagine I'm not the only one. And so as Tim talked about that last week, it kind of made me think, you know what, I need to grow in that area and step out of my comfort zone also and not just stick around people that are sometimes just easy. But as Tim challenged us last week, um, we're all part of the church. Um, all of us are called to a higher expectation. All of us are called to be a part of God's families. And relationships are vital for that to happen, especially if we are bonded in Christ. Um, so, and this morning, um, Tim also talked about the idea that we are part of God's household, as we just read. And as a result of that, our foundation should be grounded in Christ. Um, and as a result of that, relationships are part of that, especially when we all have that same. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 19, it says, So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and are a part of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. You know, given this personal challenge that I have for myself, I hope that we, tonight I want to explore a few relationships in, in the scriptures that can hopefully help us all grow to some degree. But before we do that, let's open up with a word of prayer and then we'll move on. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to have the church that you established. We pray that we will grow closer to each other as we look at the scriptures. We pray that we will grow closer to each other as others as we all deal with hard times, deal with good times. And we pray that we will branch out and that we will reach out to people who are outside these walls that may need comfort and support and guidance as well. We're so thankful for the ways that you bless us and we pray that we can use those blessings to bless others. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Turn with me over to Philemon. Philemon. I love this book. It's an amazing letter that Paul wrote, not because it's pretty short and you can read it really fast, 
but because it's got some amazing golden eggs in it that can help us know how we need to be better as Christians. It's got some complex relationships too in it once we break it down and look at it on just so many different levels. So I want to read it all in its entirety tonight since it's not very long. Starting in verse 1, it says, To Philemon, my beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia and his, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith with which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ. For I have had great joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have, have been refreshed through you, my brother. Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you. Since I am such a person as Paul and an old man and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ... I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I fathered in my imprisonment, who previously was useless to you, but now is useful to both you and to me. I have sent him back to you in person, that he is sending my very heart, whom I wanted to keep with me, so that in your behalf he might be at my service in my imprisonment for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. For perhaps it was for this reason that he was separated from you for a while, that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you regard me as a, as a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, have written this with my own hand, I will repay it, not to mention to you that, you that you owe to me even as your own self as well. Yes, brothers, let me benefit you from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, since I know that you will do even more than what I say. At the same time, also prepare me a guest room, for I hope that through your prayers I will be given, I will be given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Architarchus, Demas, I don't know if that's right or not, but we'll say it was, Demas, Luke, and my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That is an awesome letter when you hear what Paul has to say about so many different people. The church, a new brother in Christ. We see some amazing ways how we should live out our lives, even in times when it may be difficult. And to give you some context um, for tonight, I left some blanks there for you just to kind of write whatever may help guide you in terms of what our study is tonight. But here, Paul wrote this letter probably while he was in Rome. And if, if that was the case, he was either physically in jail or he was on house arrest, uh, which we see at the end of Acts, which we'll look at in a second. But if you recall, he was put on trial, he was sent to Rome, and at the end of Acts, we find him renting his own home for a couple years. Um, he was guarded by a soldier, but however, people were still allowed to come visit him over and over and over, and he continued to preach the gospel. And as they did, you can see the types of relationships he continued to foster with those people while he was also being watched by the prison guards. 
Turn over to Acts chapter 28 and we can get a little bit more context of what was going on here. At the end of Acts, and starting in verse 16 of chapter 28, it says, when, when, he, when we entered Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who was guarding him. So we see he was in his own home. He wasn't, he wasn't tied up into chains in the, in the jails like he has been in the past, but he was allowed to live in his own home at this point. And moving down to verse 30, it says, Now Paul stayed for two full years in his own rented lodging and welcomed all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching things about the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. You know, it's likely at this time that Paul, was, Paul met and came in contact with Onesimus. There's a good chance he visited him at his home along with some others that may have brought him there. And a few other contextual things here. Um, Paul wrote this letter to Philemon. Philemon, was, we saw, was another brother in Christ who he probably came in contact with in some of his other travels. And while he was out and about, he became fond of Philemon, had some deep respect for him. This gentleman, Philemon, owned a slave. His name was Onesimus. And Onesimus, at some point in time, left his master. We don't know if he ran away. A lot, of, a lot of the commentaries say that he ran away, but we're not exactly for sure what happened. But we know that at some point he left his master, which is, not, which is pretty frowned upon during that time if you look at the, how um, slaves and masters were supposed to treat each other with respect. But Onesimus left. He ran away of, at some sort. And Philemon found him at some, Philemon, um, he left Philemon and he found himself with Paul. And Paul, in the company of Paul, he converted him, he taught him the gospel. And now under Roman rule, as we see in, under Roman rule, slaves, if they were found, were supposed to be sent back. And sadly enough, if they were sent back and caught, um, more than likely they were put to death for disobeying their masters. Um, however, we see in this letter that Paul had some bigger plans for Onesimus. And so he sent him back with this letter in hand. And just stop there for a moment. Imagine what it must have been like um, as Onesimus carried this letter back from Paul to go back to his master whom he had left. He was probably pretty scared of what might happen. Um, he probably knew that his master was a Christian, but he didn't know how he might respond. We've all met people that don't respond in the way that they should, even though they are Christ followers. And so I imagine that he was pretty nervous about traveling back. He was probably tempted to rip up that letter and never even show back up at his doorstep. But we know that he followed through with Paul's instructions. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this letter here today. And so we know that he went back um, and we see kind of the end of the story here. Um, now that we kind of have that context to talk about, let's move into some different relationships that we see in this letter. First, Paul and the church. We see Paul's relationship with a lot of different people here. Um, just looking at verse 1, to Philemon, our brother, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. At this time, churches were meeting in homes. And we see Paul refers to these people as fellow workers, as soldiers in Christ, we see he refers to them as brothers and sisters. We see that um, he desired to go back and stay in their home. There's a lot of people that I like, but I don't want to go stay with them. And I'm sure y'all feel the same way too, but Paul desired to go be with people. He desired to go stay in their homes. And you can see that connection here. They weren't just acquaintances, but they had close bonds. He felt like they were close friends. In verses 4 through 9, we find that Paul prays for them by name. He prays for them by name often, and he, gets, he desires to have reports about them and how they're doing, and so other people tell them about them. He loves them. He gains joy from them. He gains comfort from them. 
It's out of love, too, that he even writes this letter because with his authority, he could have told Philemon what to do. He could have told him, this is how you have to be, but instead he wanted him to choose out of his own compulsion um, to decide what, what he should do, which would be right. Talk about relationships built on respect. He wrote in this letter asking him to do what he knew was right and knew that he would make that decision. So Paul respects him, probably not because he's perfect. He doesn't respect the church here just because but they're human. Humans make mistakes, yet he respected them because they had a common bond and they shared that faith in Christ, which we see him talking about over and over and over in terms of carrying out Christ's mission. Furthermore, we see in verses 18 and 19, a few verses down, that Paul doesn't want his church members to be out in terms of debt or any money. And so he's willing to put up the money himself should Onesimus have ever cheated them and kept money from them or whatever may have happened with some bad dealings. He was willing to sacrifice on his part so that, there wouldn't, so that they wouldn't be out any hardships. And you can see that Paul values those in the church and he, deserve, and he desires to have this relationship with them. You know, we think about sometimes all the different people that we have come across in our years in the church and out of the church, and we don't always see this type of relationship building um, because it's challenging, because it's not always rainbows and butterflies. It's difficult sometimes. Moving on to our second relationship, we see a relationship between Paul and Onesimus, his new friend that he met while he was imprisoned at some point. And if you recall, again, back at the end of Acts, he probably welcomed hundreds and hundreds of people into his home. And at some point, Onesimus found his way in, at this time. And something, to me, would have been truly exhausting to be sitting there and people always knocking at your doorstep wanting to hear what you have to say. However, we don't get a sense that Paul was tired of peopling. We see this as a result of what happened with his new friend, this once slave, Onesimus. Paul came across this runaway and taught him the truth in Christ. He taught him how to live. And as a result, Onesimus became a follower of Christ. And not just a follower, but he became someone Paul completely valued and loved. And, and we see that oftentimes in scriptures, Paul will refer to someone as his son or as his child, but yet he's not their literal father. Paul refers to, the, to people that he converted oftentimes as children, and we can see that with some others in Scripture as well. Um, he referred to Timothy this way. If you turn over to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, he's referring to Timothy there as his son. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you. Timothy wasn't his, his biological son, but he regarded him as a, his own child, given the fact that they were similar children of God. Same thing in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says, this, he says a similar thing about Timothy. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And listen to how he describes him. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, as did my forefathers, as I constantly remember you day and night in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. That's some heartfelt thoughts about someone that he didn't always know, but someone he came in contact with on his missionary journeys and taught the truth and became close to. He similarly refers to Onesimus this same way in verse 10. He says, I appeal to you, my son Onesimus, whom I fathered in my imprisonment. We know that they, were, they weren't biological relationships here, but it was definitely a, a one that was built on Christ. Again, this doesn't mean um, anything other than the fact that they were so close that he loved him like his own child. 
So close in verse 12, he refers to him as his own heart as he sends him back to Philemon. That is so awesome to me that someone that was a stranger to him at some point, now he considers his own heart. You know, Paul's relationship was so strong again that we see that he took, us, took it a step further to try to protect him as he goes back to Philemon. Remember, runaway slaves could have been killed upon returning to their master because they had disrespected them in that way. But if you turn over to Colossians, we see a little bit more about the story. And turn over to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. We read um, in this letter that Paul sent Tychicus with him as he traveled back. Um, he would have been the one traveling back with him as he went back to Philemon, probably as a safety precaution because um, Paul knew it would have been dangerous for him. Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 7, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about us and that he may encourage your hearts. With him I am sending Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. So it sounds like he met him when he was imprisoned, and he sent him back with Tychicus as they um, traveled back to the different churches to deliver letters. And this was one other letter that he delivered to the Colossians with him. Man, that is so, again, so amazing. He took it a step further and didn't just send him with protection, but he also, as we saw, he was willing to pay any debts for this young man. He didn't want him to be in debt. He didn't want, we know what it's like to be in debt to other people. We know how stressful and challenging it is, and Paul took it upon himself to make sure that his slate was clear um, with the people that he may have harmed in his past. You know, again, talk about some amazing human relationships and the, and the ability for him to sacrifice. That's what Paul did here. And lastly, look at the relationship between Onesimus and Philemon. This slave-master relationship, we can spend an entire lesson or class or a week or series on the relationship between what it looked like between a master and a slave. And we know here, though, that they're supposed to respect each other. They're supposed to challenge each other. They're supposed to help each other out. They're not supposed to take advantage of each other. But we see that it is, is a relationship built on trust in God. But we see that relationship changing a little bit um, once Onesimus becomes a Christian. And, and look at what Paul says in terms of what his expectations are for Philemon and how he treats his slave after he becomes a child of God. Look back at verse 16. Verse 16, or 15 and 16. It reads, for perhaps it was for this reason that he was separated from you for a while, that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. You know, for Paul, the fact that he was now a brother in Christ supersected all the ideas in terms of what it meant to be a slave. Onesimus may have once... Um, been a troublemaker who may have once taken advantage of his master. Um, it's interesting that he calls him previously useless um, to his master, but he says that's no longer the case. Now that he is a child of God, he is useful to both he and to his old master because they're both, they're all in the kingdom of God. The fact that you and I both have a common bond in Christ means that we need to take our relationships a step further. The bonds that we should have because we share the love of God, the forgiveness that we have through Christ should overpower any other struggles that we sometimes may face. 
because we're striving for that common goal. And that's hard. Um, and that's a challenge. As I mentioned before, human relationships are difficult. And Paul could have easily been so sick of people. Um, he could have gotten to the point where he was done dealing with people. Think about the way he was treated throughout all of his missionary journeys, both from people outside the church and from people inside the church. He could have been overwhelmed with the people coming to see him, people that had turned their back on him previously. Um, it could have been a challenge for him, yet we see throughout this time that he continued to strengthen the church. He continued to reach out to people who didn't know Christ and bring Christ to them so that they could also have a relationship with God the Father. And that should be the goal that we have for ourselves. And that connection between he and all these people he came in contact with was grounded in, the, in Christ, that what we saw in Ephesians earlier before. You know, sometimes we get into the, into the idea um, and we struggle with the idea of people's past. We struggle with um, race, ethnicity, gender, um, social status, backgrounds, the things that people have done in the past. But for Paul, none of that mattered. It didn't matter what they did. If they were a believer in Christ, they were worthy of having a relationship with him. And that's something that we can learn from big time. And that's the challenge I've set for myself this year, and I hope that you all can challenge yourselves as as well. So I challenge us tonight, let's value people. Regardless of where they come from, let's value them. So much so that we connect with those that need connection. I challenge us to seek out new people. I challenge us to seek out people who are lost. Seek out people that are sitting alone. Seek out people that are hard to talk to, the socially awkward, um, the people that are popular, the hard people to deal with, the people that seem to always have people around them also. Seek out people that we are not always comfortable with and give Christ an opportunity to encourage their lives. You know, we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes like Paul did, but Paul didn't care about that. He was willing to let God change their lives and transform them. You know, Paul saw this once runaway slave as useless, but he saw what God could do to him through his love and his mercy and his grace. You know, everyone is useful when they're transformed as a result of Christ. Um, as a church here, we focus on the forgiveness that we have in Christ, regardless of our past. And so I challenge us to remember that. Um, and as we talked about this morning, we come into that forgiveness and that transformation through baptism. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, the same letter that Paul sent back with, with him earlier. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Onesimus became a new man because he was transformed in Christ. It wasn't because he was awesome or did amazing things. It was because the power of God that could transform him from whatever he used to be to whatever he could be. And so I challenge us to value the life of others. Recognize what God can do in their lives and make changes in their lives also. If you're ready to make that change, tonight's a great change. If you haven't put on Christ in baptism yet, you can truly start building some amazing relationships with other people who share that same bond as you once you make that commitment. If you've let your relationship slip, um, if, they're not a, if they're not something that you desire, I challenge you to get to the point where you want to desire more relationships. If you need prayers for any reason, we'll pray for you too. If there's anything that you need at all, we ask that you'll let us know either privately or publicly as we sing this next song. <laughs>